And there we go. Just like that. Just like that. Oh. Here we go. Here we go. We'll wait just for a wait few, few people to turn on. To come on board. Uh, and and hope that I broadcast the link correctly and that they can see it and all the usual stuff. Yeah, I saw saw one or two links out there. Good, good. Could have been for last yeah. week's show though. Well, oh, for those yeah, people yeah. that are joining this on the recording, welcome everybody to Knife Making Down Under podcast. We've just um just me and uh, me and Kev from the usual crew, and we've got uh, Tony Earwaker standing in for Mert. So. Um, we should have a good night. Tony's uh, from from Townsville. We'll let him fill you in on all the blanks, but he's just had a pretty awesome looking hammer in, and we'll we'll show you some pictures and we'll talk about that tonight. Um, and go from there. Yeah, Kev, how are you been? Very nice. Yeah, not too bad, mate. I've been uh, occupying myself with a little bit of work, um, distracting myself with a whole lot of stuff that I shouldn't be entertaining myself with. But you may have seen my uh, Instagram stuff where I. Posted up that I just finished forging half a dozen small full steel cheese knives for a customer spot of a bar of W2 that's been sort of screaming at me to make a sword. And yeah, lo and behold, three hours later, lots and lots and lots of fucking hammering. Um, I'd forged myself out a, you know, I guess a European style um, short sword. It's about 55 centimetres long for the blade. What was that? That's on your Instagram, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, all right. I'll so that was a bit of fun, actually, because um, heaps of people that come to the forge, whether they're here for a class or just here to hang around, always ask you, have you made a sword? And now <coughs> yes. No, nah, but I will one day. Yeah. And so now I've at least got the forging out. And I got technical this afternoon. I went and got the laser level line thing, um, set, the, set the sword up and, and marked a true center according to the laser. So tomorrow... Or tomorrow, over the next few days, I'll get up to the workshop and start grinding out the profile on it. It's not too bad. I was only about two mil out in having it um, parallel. So the the left-hand side of that was about two mil wider than the right. And it's forged with the um, same sort of bevels as your daggers and stuff. And I've just got a slight flat running down the middle, but not sure at the moment if I'm going to get too creative or whether I'll just try and take it pretty sort of straightforward and just finish one and then go a bit crazy on the next one. I'm already saying the next one. <laughs> well, I put a fuller in it, Kev. Well, that's what I was saying about being crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably. It's like, why not? <laughs> you, got that, you got that milling machine there, mate. Well, oh, yeah, forge it. Any, forge um, it. <laughs> well, that's, yeah. I don't have any uh, ball and mill bits to mill it. No, nah, you've got to make one of those things the Japanese showed us where they use it like a plow. Yeah, yeah, good. Remember do that? that? Yeah. Remember that? Well, the thing? other thing is, I've actually got, I've actually got a die that I made for my press that would probably work pretty well, but it's just controlling the squish yeah, so it doesn't squish too much meat out of it. The fuck up risk is high, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'll probably just try and manually grind it with a small wheel, uh, probably a small wheel on the bloody um, radius master. Actually, one of those ones, mid mid wheel on the top top set. I'm no sword expert, right? But it kind of reminds me of a gladius. It's yeah, it's not as pointy, but it's got that similarities. 
it, it, and I was as I put on the post that it, it wasn't done to any sort of historical reference. It was just the bar was there and I started hitting it. And then I liked the shape of the tip, so I turned it around and forged out the tang. And then had to work in reverse because my forge is only, uh, well, the one which I was forging in is only 400 long. So I had to sort yeah. of turn it around and set it diagonal and forge the back and forge the front, try and get it all working. But that's the capacity there without creating my new forge, which I have a um, I have an old bollard, steel bollard sitting down in the workshop, other workshop that's about... <coughs> Um, 750, 800 long. I reckon I'll yep. get a forge for that. But then I've got yeah. to run probably three burners to get it heated properly. I mean, it's all worth doing if you're going to make forges, if you're going to make swords relatively frequently. But the main thing is with swords is a lot of people think you've got to get the whole thing hot. And of course, that's not at all true. You've only got to heat the part you're working. And the yeah. more, as most people understand, the more heat you take, on a piece of steel, the more it's interfering with air, the more it decarbs, the the more it's affected by the air. You're better off only heating what you can work at a time. So it's really only heat treating there. Yeah, and pretty much that was what I did. I just had the tip in there, forged out the That's point. the tip, eh? Yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> was it hot with so just forged, the tip in there? I forged out the point and then just went that reverse taper back about a third of the way um and then as you said i just had it in the forge in the hot spot on the forge purposely had the forge running pretty hot but i just heated up that one spot bashed that stuck it in and when i couldn't go any further yeah that was it just turned around and started the other end but it sort of does your head in when you use the forging from the heel to the tip and then you turn it around and you're holding it the other way you've got to forge from like back up the sword so you know it was interesting it's like i said it took me about three hours so i was a fair amount of hammering it was a big one of the other is a huge big bar of W2 that I had um, from you guys. It's been sitting around for a while. So, I don't know, yeah, well, about eight, probably about eight mil thick or something. It's not, not thin. <clears throat> no, no, we used to, well, we still do carry it in, in the thicker sizes for forging. Yeah. I've been working this week on, well, work, but also I've been working on making custom uh, 5 thou, uh barrel knife washers um Ooh. so you know the did i don't know what i was doing when you came but i i i use a uh, washer in between the blade and the liners yeah and i can never get ones that have the right thickness and the right size hole right and so drilling shim and doing anything with shim is really hard so i normally get a um a reamer and ream out a uh ream out a one eight a one eight five thou thick washer to give me the clearance for my pivot. Um, I could put just put off the shelf ten thou washers in, but yeah. it's twice as thick, right? So half as good. So what I've done is I've worked out how I do it. I've got a whole process now to make custom washers. So I'm quite happy with that. I basically rolled out um, half mil bronze to five thou. Uh, in the rolling mill and then um, and then which is as fine as I can get the rolling mill to work um, and then uh, use the jewelry disc punch but I had to modify the disc punch because at five thou it just it just drags in around the around the, the punch as you hammer it in yeah so I've had to modify it and and that so anyway yeah I've got a little process together and now I can make my own little custom 
bronze washers in 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 five thou, which yeah, pretty happy. Yeah, nice. That's my nice. my knife making adventure for this week. Well, my non knife um, making adventure is uh, yeah, we've just gone into a seven day lockdown, so this weekend's course has been postponed, and it just happened to be that yesterday, before all this was on the cards, I ordered up, measured up, and ordered up a heap of steel to make a cage for my trailer. So I'm going to get out and yeah. get a bit of MIG welding under the belt and weld up a cage for the trailer. And then I'll Beautiful. have no excuse for not taking the green waste to the tip. <laughs> <laughs> I just had the um, – you remember the Gamaco show trailer? Yeah. Yeah, we just had that finished having that refurbished and rebuilt as well. So, um, But, yeah, you wouldn't put green waste in it. It's, it's a bit nice. No. <laughs> and I still in it. Put a in it. <laughs> I still do. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So yeah, um, anyway, sleep. yeah, exactly right. Um, anyway, so uh, Tony's joined us tonight. Tony, how have you been, mate? Tell us about your week and get, what you've been up get to. Get rid of that big weekend, ugly picture of me standing there with my sword in my hand. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. That's I'm meant, trying. That's meant, me. That's meant to be me. on my bloody uh, OnlyFans page. It's my priority. <laughs> Righto. There you go. Um, not yep. much really. I was uh, I finished off that Bowie knife you might have seen, uh, which was. Um, Is it on your Instagram? Uh, I put it on the screen. Uh, I'm not in, not on Instagram. It's not Facebook. Uh, on Facebook. Um, while you talk. Yeah, so it was a Jackson Rumble um, design that I did a course down there with him, and um, oh yeah, I finished that off. I was supposed to have a little rest after the hammering, but uh, I thought I'll stuff it. I'll get that finished. And, yeah, so I just sort of finished that off and then having a couple of days off now until next week I'll kick off again and get back into it. Had a few uh, knives that I did demos on at the hammering. I'll finish them off probably next week. So, but yeah. No, excellent. So you to keep mentioning the hammering and I've mentioned the hammering, so why don't you tell everyone about it? Did you have so, a uh, Yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, it I'll came from, um, I think Corin was discussing hammer-ins or something, and I had a whinge and said maybe there should be more of them, and, yeah, that's the one. And uh, Corin threw it back on me and said, well, why don't you run one? And I'd had people, because um, I ran one last year, I had people asking me about it, when when's your next one going to be, when's the next one? And I was like, oh, well, right, I told this. Get started, I suppose, and um, organised one and got off my ass and organised one, and I guess the rest is history. Went out and um, got a heap of sponsors and, uh, we had 20 at last year's, and I thought, oh, we can up that this year, and we had 30. Um, this year, though, I had uh, two other people help me uh, instruct, which was Jake from Gunny Forged and Denise Axelson from um, uh, who's a blacksmith here in Townsville. Um, yeah, so we split up into two groups of 15, and I did one lot of lessons, and they took the other lot. So... Uh, yeah, we did uh, knife design and templates and grinding um, while they did some um, uh, forging knives and, and basic blacksmithing. Uh, then we swapped over and uh, I did the other group and, and then uh, in the afternoon we did some heat treatment and uh, Jake did uh, leatherwork and sheaths, uh, both kydex and leather, so that was pretty good. Um, yeah, went through some basic heat treatment and did some snap tests and file tests and 
did some hardness tests with my Rockwell tester, so that was good. People could actually see what, what we're getting out of them, so uh, it was, yeah, it's pretty good. We um, we had a heap of sponsors, which everyone's probably seen because I was posting it everywhere on Facebook, um, and that just came about, I suppose, just asking people for um, to make donations, I guess, and uh, we got a letter from the Guild through Christian, and uh, I sent that out to a heap of places, and yeah, in the end, um, we so got a whole bunch of... Tony- this was basically a guild, a guild hammering that was hosted at your, uh, at your shop. Basically, is is the way that it worked. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we originally asked the guild, and um, yeah, I think you're overseas at the time, and sort of took a while, and then so I sort of started organising it, and then they did agree to it eventually. The guild and we um, we had the guild come on board, and uh, it was good. So. Made a donation back to the guild of nearly, I think it was nearly eight hundred bucks in the end. So it was, yeah, yeah. Jeez, so that's pretty good. good. Nice. Oh, yep. There's one and, little mill. Um, there's his little mill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah little Just uh, right there. looking on the video, guys. If you're on the podcast on the audio, while Tony's talking here, we're looking at pictures of the event. So on the live stream, and it'll be available on my YouTube channel, so you can go back. And shirt on there. Yeah, everyone wearing the wearing the the um, event shirts. They come up good, actually, the shirts. Yeah, Yeah, they're nice. You know, the first thing that I noticed about those, mate, is they're not black. That was the reason why I got these ones, actually, because I I, I actually remember Corin saying to me once, I'm sick of bloody black knife shirts. I thought, oh, let's get something different. So. Yeah, yeah, I got so, so yeah. many shirts, and, my, and I'd say probably, I don't know, Kev, you're probably the same. 80% of them will be black, 90%. Oh, 90% of them are black, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. So for the southerners, mate, who are sort of, you know, I'm I'm in our house here. We've haven't had heating. Uh, the heating system broke down about I don't know three or four weeks ago now. Um, <laughs> so there's no heating in my current room. I'm in a hoodie. Uh, I'm looking at these photos, thinking that looks bloody fantastic. What was the weather like, mate, up there? Mate, uh, we sit in uh, during the day at the moment, probably up to about twenty five. I've currently got the fan fan on in here, if you can see it, looking around the background yeah. there. Um, yeah, so it's still it's still pretty warm. Um, in the mornings, we're getting down to probably, I don't know, 12, I suppose, which is probably your top for the day, I guess. Pretty much that was the top today, yeah, but I was still out in a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, well, as you can see, we're all in shorts and T-shirts, and yeah, yeah I don't think I've had the air con turned off all year. so. And not a mask amongst you. A mask, nah. Well, um, when when Cairns had their lockdown, we thought oh, I was going to reach down here, but no, uh, we didn't. So, yeah. Well, you good. guys are you guys are still four hundred odd k's away from Cairns, are you? Yeah, about three seventy or something. Like it is, but yeah, about yeah. four hours. Yeah, we seemed. I I just sort of think every time I think of Townsville, I think oh, it's only a hundred k's of an hour's drive from Cairns or something. But the scale of North Queensland, it's it's often lost on. Um, I think it's lost on most people. Yeah, we're seven eight. I think seventeen hundred k's from Brisbane, and most yeah. people think that Queensland is Brisbane that stops stops the Brisbane border. I think so. But yeah, so it's. I think that's what we're talking about when we're talking about the courses and um, hammer-ins and and uh, yeah. knife shows and that. You know, like everything sort of stops at Brisbane, and this obviously goes to show that there's lots of interest up here. Like we had thirty on the day um, that I had to cap, just because the pure size of my shed. Yeah. Um, and I had I had to stop taking uh, people on the wait list at fifteen 
So yeah, right. Yeah. Fair enough. We, too. Had, we only had one bloke pull out. Uh, that was on a Friday afternoon um, for some reason, and automatically had someone swap in straight away. So that's no dramas. That's good. Uh, excellent. Now, yeah. congratulations, mate. Like. I've said it before and I'll say it again. It, there's there's two types of people in the world. There's those that sit there and grumble about how there's nothing near them and then there's those that hold one. And and here you are. That's it. Right? So well done, Tony. It's uh, the credit to you, mate. To get everybody involved and show them the skills and to, to put in the organisation and the effort, I, I know just how much it takes it out of you to do something like this firsthand. And um, yeah. just just what a, it's a credit to you, mate. Just bloody great, bloody great. Yeah, absolutely. As I said, I couldn't, I couldn't have done it though. I couldn't have done it without Jake and Denise, and um, so credit to them as well. But also my wife, Uh, she was in the background running food around all day and taking photos and cleaning up. And so yeah, you know, between the three of them and myself, we got it done, and obviously all the sponsors. So it was good. Yeah, the, well, food in those, the food in that uh, spread of photos there looked bloody awesome, mate. Like you were saying, if someone went hungry, must have yeah, been their own mate, bloody bowl. There's no way anyone went hungry, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tell you what, Tony, I'll tell you what, though, I'm looking forward to the day when all this lockdown stuff is all over and I can take the Gamaco truck up there for the week and we can hang yeah. out and, and, and um, bring the truck up for an event like that. That'd be pretty uh, pretty epic, I reckon. Can I tell you, I thought when the uh, Can I come on as like a weekend contract employee when you do that? Yeah, so oh. You can come and do some demos, Kev. You can sit in the in the ski seat in the truck. Yeah, I'll be in the centre. Yeah. <laughs> Timmy might have to get kicked out. <laughs> no, nah, Timmy's got the license. <laughs> when um when when the Sydney show got cancelled, like this was prior before you guys like got locked down. I thought, oh, maybe Corin will come up now. And then you guys got locked down. I was like, oh, yeah. there goes that idea. Yeah, it would have been good, mate. It would have been good, but it just wasn't to be this time. We got we got up to. Um, I'd love to fly up and just attend because I, you know, I like going to Hammerings, as does Kev. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I'll travel anywhere I can justify to do it, and I can justify Townsville because fuck, there's sure got to be something to do up there. I'll bring the missus and the kids and have a bit of a holiday send while we're up there. Send them out of Maggie Island, mate. Yeah, that's but it, yeah. Um, you know, like there's. I mean, we could have easily made it a lot bigger. Um, you know, a few of the guys from Brizzy and that are talking about coming up the next one, setting up, and like Wayne Schmidt, he was talking about coming up. Um, you know, so I, I guess I've, I've definitely got the space because I'm, I'm just over an acre, but it's just the shed room. So, I mean, if we had a big tent or something like that, we could set up easily. We've got enough room for it. And, uh, yeah, you know, no, you could run, run portaloos and, you know, all that sort of shit and, wouldn't be any drivers, yeah, that's for sure. But on, on a Fred similar Stone's note, mate, you don't want to go one. too big, I reckon. Nah, it yeah. takes away the intimacy as well. It's a nice balance sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Brad Stone says, how do you go about running and planning one activity throughout a day? Seems real hard. Yeah. Um, well, I guess it wasn't one activity. I suppose it was like um, a whole bunch of activities that we sort of ran concurrently, I well, suppose. That's what I had. Well, run us through the timetable. Run us through it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, hang on a sec. I'll see if I can bring it up. Uh... While you're looking for that, I'm just going to say to Jamie Bishop, 
You bring the fry pan, I'll pick you up on the way through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh... And we'll get a fishing charter somewhere while we're up there. That'll be good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, it's plenty of going on. Uh, can't even bloody fool it. Hang on. I know, I'll see you. <clears throat> uh, I can't find it. But, just um, go off the top yeah. of your head, Tony. Just tell us off yeah, the top of your head. So, yeah. um, start, we kick, kicked off at 8 o'clock. Um, I, I did the grinding, um, well, sorry, blade um, design. Um, blade design and grinding demos, I suppose, and we went through how, how you can sort of do uh, a knife at home without a grinder, I suppose. Uh, so using the golf filing jig and, um, you know, just just using a normal bench grinder, uh, sorry, a, um, a normal grinder, angle grinder, and, uh, you know, sort of the ways you can get around not having a, a big grinder. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I did that. And then uh, Denise and Jake did uh, – so Jake did knife forging and Denise did um, just some uh, – forging some hooks. Uh, so basically – is a real talented maker, isn't she? Yeah, excellent. Very awesome. good. That, yeah. And a lo lovely person these, too. Yeah, this is where we hear about these people. And Denise is one of the regular show attendees, mate. And we haven't seen her for ages, yeah. so. Yeah. yeah, well, she normally goes down and helps Bruce out, uh, Bruce yeah. Spears, so. Yeah. Um, yes. But she travels around all Australia as well and does a lot of work. Um, you know, I think she's even been with Sean, done a bit of work with Sean, so. Yeah, uh, yeah Sean no, for sure. Yep. Yeah, so um, Denise and Denise and Jake did uh, took fifteen away. I took fifteen away. Uh, we did about two hours each on that, and then we swapped over. Oh, sorry, we had morning tea swapped over, uh, and then uh, I took the other group through what I was doing. They took the other group through that uh, for another two hours, and then uh, we had lunch. Uh, we sort of had a lunch break for about an hour because um, we we had Amos Industries on board, and that was when. Who are in who are in Brisbane? Uh, they sell a lot of uh, drill bits and grinding discs and that sort of thing. And uh, you know, a lot of blokes are ringing up because they did a lot of special buys on the day for us. Uh, so everyone was sort of ringing up and booking in their orders at that lunch break. Um, yep. Then after after lunch, we um, <coughs> got back into the two groups again, and I went through heat treatment, just basic heat treatment uh, on the ten seventy five steel. Um, Basically, uh, I heat treated the knives that were ground out, um, and I just wanted to show everyone like what happens when you overcook a knife, and and I dunk it in water as well, and I wanted to show how massive the how massive the grain structure is you can get, and how easily it snaps. Um, it's a wonderful demo. It's a great yeah. demo. And then I, um, I I hardness tested some knives on my Rockwell tester and showed guys the difference. You know, like using a file and using a Rockwell file tests as well um and at the same time jake was uh doing uh leather sheath work and uh how to do kydex sheaths uh, and then obviously we swapped over again uh oh, sorry we had afternoon tea then and then we swapped over again uh we finished up at about uh, i think it was five o'clock and then we went through all the prizes and gave all them out and uh, we had 33 prizes for 33 people which was good oh uh, everyone got a prize yeah, everyone did, mate. It was fantastic. And then, um, yeah, and then we just sat around and had a beer and the last person to leave was about 8 o'clock at night. So, that oh, was good. It was a good day. 
That's a solid day, mate. That's a good day, yeah. Yeah, it was it was a big day. It took me took me a while to recover. <laughs> oh, I would have. Yeah, for I know sure. that feeling even just from running the class for two people, it's bloody taxing when you've just got your mind running hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Jamie, Jamie's just mentioned how good Denise is, mate. She's a pleasure to work with, pleasure to just have around, you know. And we had a few ladies on the day as well. We had um uh four, I think, in total. Um, so it was good to have Denise there to sort of guide them and, and you know, sort of make them feel a bit more comfortable, I suppose, around all the blokes that were there. So Yeah, excellent, excellent. And how'd you promote the event? Was it just all Facebook or um so just all Facebook really, um on my own pages plus all the obviously all the knife pages um yeah so and then as i said to you i got a letter off christian through the guild and we sent that yep. off to the sponsors and and then you know i was just advertising all the sponsors as much as i could um and you know they've i, I guess received a lot of um what do you call it interest i suppose in their own whatever they're selling now out of uh yeah advertising we've given them so it's good like there's a bit of feedback come back from uh, a few of the different sponsors now, so they'll definitely come and sponsor the next one as well, which is good. So, excellent, yeah, yeah awesome, yeah, no, 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 it's good to see companies putting back into the um, uh, putting back into uh, into the industry. So, yeah, yeah, I know, um, I know, Gamaco, uh, we put um, put a fair bit in <clears throat> when we did the shirts as well. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. it's good. As you say, Amos, it was, do you want to list them? Let Put them out there. The people that, yeah, these companies, uh, right? They Like, believe me, they're competition and everything, but these are companies that support the industry. Where yeah. you buy from, when you import stuff from overseas and you're getting it maybe a couple of dollars cheaper or whatever, just remember those companies aren't supporting what we're doing in Australia. So just, yeah. you know, support these people first. So list them out, Tony. Yeah, so obviously uh, Gamaco, Corin, fantastic um, shirts, steel, grinding belts, uh, and the forge kit was one of the prizes that we gave away. I mean, that was fantastic. Like, Sweet. Um, I was chasing Timmy up. He's probably got the shits with me now. But <laughs> um, uh, Naughty Kedge, uh, Bjorn gave us five prizes, um, you know, scales, pin material, um, uh, the – what do you call them? Yeah, the grinding blocks and that. Um, Mick from Farmers Forge gave us three hammers, and I think he's already got several people buying hammers off him now, like because they were using all mine on the day, and they are fantastic hammers. Anyone that's looking for a forging hammer, you can't go wrong with them. Uh, the tool boss up in Townsville here used to be called United Tools, so it's a big tool company. Um, they gave us heaps and heaps of prizes, like literally it was a trolley full of socket sets and. Oh. Uh, spanners and oh mate, you wouldn't believe it. It was fantastic. Uh, Bruce, there's Femish a picture. Gave, actually, there's a there's a picture of the prize table. While you talk, I'll find that picture. Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bruce Beamish from Anyang gave some uh, knife making books. Um, Heron Forbes gave us a bench grinder. Um, Jake, myself, and Denise all gave prizes as well, like um, stuff that, you know, we had. it. Uh, Jake finished off a knife on the last hammer in that he actually donated. Um, Denise made up some hooks. I had some books that were donated. Um, Sakeo Engineering uh, down in Brisbane uh, gave us four, four sets of tongs. I know they've uh, received a few orders now. 
of the tongs there. I was using mine on the day as well. Um, Lansky Saddles in Townsville here. Uh, so it's a leather shop. Uh, it's where I buy most of my leather and leather tools from. Uh, they go us a heap of vouchers. Bunnings, they go us uh, $350 vouchers. Uh, and Woolworths gave us 100 bucks worth of um, uh, vouchers as well that went towards all the food. So yeah, that's set. Right. And yeah, all you did was basically all you did was basically just ask. And of course, I guess with the the letter from the guild and that as well, you um, uh, it's all not for profit. So most most companies are willing to help out a lot more when they realise yeah. that that it's not just someone profiteering, which are clearly not. Um, it's about um, it's about you know supporting the not for profits. Yeah, absolutely, know? mate. Yeah, we um, and you know like someone's uh, Mick Webb's written there um, would have been cool if one if a newbie won the forge kit. Well, yeah, a newbie did win the forge kit. Um, the day was aimed at um, at at the lower level of knife making, I suppose, the introductory level of knife making. Um, there's only two people in the guild up here, um, so myself, who's a full member, and Jake, who's a, um, a probationary member. Um, so, you know, we wanted to get out uh, what the guild does and, and, you know, what knife making is all about. And obviously, from the amount of interest that we had, sorry, yes, uh, Nathan, sorry, your, your uh, fire pokers. I haven't got that on the list for some reason. Uh, fire pokers. And I'm sorry, we also had a camp oven as well uh, from Kings. I've got the old list yeah, up. Gosh. Sorry, Nathan. Yeah, so, um, yeah, there's heaps of prizes. I've just got that many of them there. It's, it wasn't funny. As I said, there was 33 for 33 people. So, um, yeah, couldn't go wrong. But, yeah, yeah, sorry, getting back to what I was saying, you know, we wanted to get the guild... Um, out there about what they do and uh, at the end of the day uh, before i actually gave out all the prizes um we uh we sat down and I, I went through all the sponsors and and what they do and what they sell and what they can do for you know for the knife making community and um yeah i think so everyone took that away and you know then i did a bit of a spiel about what the guild does and spoke about the insurance and how that how that's important to us as knife makers, you know, even blokes that want to go and sell something, they make it at the markets and that, you know, that they're covered um, under the insurance. So, yeah, it was, yeah, it was good. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, no, I'm pretty, pretty stoked. I, I've um, set up a, or been working with the committee, sorry, the committee's been working to set up a, a structure to have more hammerings, guild hammerings for guild members. Um, this was a beginner's hammering because Townsville, um, there's a big beginner crowd up there, but we're talking about running more and more um, high-level uh, hands-on hammerings rather than presentation-style ones. So there's plenty of things going on at the moment. I, I just, you know, and, oh, yeah, the Guild's also got just started running um, the Tech Talks, which are pretty, pretty freaking good. I mean, we've only had one, but it was awesome. So, um, yeah. But anyway, well done, Tony. Credit to you, man. Thanks. You've, uh, I, I know the amount of effort you put in, mate. And um, uh, for somebody who at the, at the start said, oh, how do we go about running one? How do you go about running one up here? And I said to you, well, you run it. And, in fact, look where we are now. The second one in, and it's bigger than Ben-Hur. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Uh, how do okay, I pick so who got what prizes? Uh, I put 33 names in a bag, and uh, I got someone to draw the first one out, and then – Everyone that won a prize after that picked the next one out, so couldn't have been simpler. 
So with regard to um, Nick, um, with his thing on there about can't wait to join in the Australian Knife Makers Guild, Corin, we had through our Facebook group um, an inquiry from Bryn, who's on here tonight. G'day, mate. Chonk on. Um, Chonk on. Can we give an explanation for people about becoming a social or financial member of the AKG um, and if they have access to the upcoming talks, which you just mentioned? Right. So the, the memberships, um, there's three membership tiers. At the moment, anyone can become an associate member. That's going to change soon. Um, uh, probationary membership is for people that get their knives assessed and they pass a certain level, um, which is basically a 50% score. It's a pass mark. If you can, if your knives are passable, you can enter. Um, and um, then there's full membership and full membership. I think it's still 90% you need to get on your knives to, to yeah. gain full membership. Um, and it's setting the bar high, high, but the guild is about a high level of standard. It's not about just a social thing. It's about, it's about standards and, and being able to say I'm a full member of the guild has a certain weight to it. Because it's yes. not saying you don't get it out of a cornflakes packet. But anybody at the moment can become an associate member. But the, it's about to change that the associate membership, people are, are, um, are joining and never going any further. And they, they can, there's some concern that, that that's not meeting the aims of the association of improving quality. So it looks like it'll probably change to associate membership can be for anybody who doesn't make knives for sale. Right? You make knives. Make as many as you want, but you're not commercially selling knives. You don't have your Facebook page. You're not marketing knives. If you get to that point where you're selling knives, we do ask that they become a probationary member. And and if you're making knives to sell, you should be making passable knives. So that's probably not a terrible thing to be asking for. You know what I'm saying? What do you reckon, Kev? Yeah. You've got a you've got an opinion on this one. Weigh in. No, no, no. I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. I said uh, it was many years ago at one of the knife shows we had one of the members come and talk to me and I think I might have been a state rep at that stage. Um, and they, they talked about, um, you know, I guess for want of a better term, the lack of how easy it was to get into the guild because there's no standards, <laughs> there was no set process to go through for assessment. It was very, very a straightforward process. It was a matter of waiting, waiting a period of time effectively and then getting in. But um, the whole process of getting that um, standardised assessment thing, fantastic, love it, because when I was in the state rep side of things, it was really difficult to, you know, you, you it was my opinion on the day, how I felt on the day. Can people pass? Sure. Whoever else was a state rep elsewhere, how they felt on the day would pass some knives or not pass knives. And yep. it was fairly inconsistent. And I I had a I went through the training and assessment process for my cert for when I was in the public service. And and it's all about consistency and repeatability in terms of doing assessment. So the assessment documentation process and the fact that we're pushing the point the bar higher the guild membership at full level i have absolutely nothing against that i think it's fantastic a 50 percent pass for your um probationary membership is reasonably straightforward 
if you're paying attention to what you do in knife making. It's a clean knife. It's really all it is. It's and then, yeah, and then you get the advantage with all of the people that do the assessments at the moment. Um, Adam's now the one down for New South Wales and Canberra. Um, we give pretty honest, solid feedback for people, and we don't beat around the bush, and we don't tell you everything's fantastic. We, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right, Jason. We don't we don't get, take it easy on you. But we just say, right, here's okay, you've passed, but here's all the things now that you've got to improve on if you want to get the full membership. And if that doesn't, you know, push you to get to that level, then don't go to full membership. Honestly, I think too that there's a proper assessment sheet now. Like when I was a probationary member and I did my probie assessment, it was just the, the assessment sheet was pretty poor to be honest. And yeah, um, now it's actually a proper, yeah, yeah, now it's actually proper assessment sheet. And you know, you can actually go through it and go, yep, 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 you know, and you sort of self assess yourself before, well, I would anyway, before you send it off, correct. Um, and you know, yeah, like true. when. When I did my probie assessment, you know, tapered tangs went in there, that sort of thing, you know, it was it was pretty straightforward. And then you go for the full assessment and, you know, now at least it's got the tapered tang in there, you know you've got to do that, you know you've got to have metal on metal contact and, you know, the stuff's there, you know what you need to do. So, And the guys yeah. are there to help you, by the way. There's some really – the guild <laughs> guys help guild guys. I'm not saying they won't help anyone, but there's guys out there um, – I'm not going to mention too many names, but there's guys out there – that unless you're putting in the commitment to improve and showing that you're putting in the commitment to improve, they're not going to give you their opinion. They're not going to give you the time of day. Yep. And there's good makers, really good makers, that'll sit down with you for hours and help you if they think that you're putting it in. But if they think that you aren't interested in improving, they just you just don't get anything out of them. And I respect that, to be honest. You know, yeah, like their time is yeah. worth something. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I had heaps yeah. of feedback from, uh, well, Kev was one of them, uh, Karim, uh, Peter Del Rasso, like, you know, there's heaps of blokes that I was asking the info off and, and everyone's more than willing to give you feedback and yeah. give you a hand. As long as you're not a dick, I suppose, like you say, Corin, you know, like, just don't be a dick. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's only one well, rule in life. That's a general rule in life, too. Don't be a dick. Yeah. yeah. I know someone was uh, uh, just social media, man. It's a bitch. So a lot of those guys, they just keep their mouth shut now because they've been hit down too many times by dicks. And 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 that this is just about you know building it up, being something better. Um, Anthony, yeah. you've got to find wherever you get invitations for groups. You've been invited to the group, mate, to because you're a paid up financial member, but you haven't accepted the invitation. So uh, unless you do accept me, the invitation, I, yeah. I invited Anthony again just earlier this evening. So, so figure it out. Go go into some some part where you get a, I don't know, you'll find it in Facebook somewhere. <laughs> yeah, you'll figure it out. I don't know. Look up, look, Google it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what it's all about, and that's what it's all about. Um, like this, this holding back and to get some courses under your belt to improve in all aspects. Brad, you can join the guild today and start start learning, and it's um. You do it if well, depending on whether or not um, you want to go down that path of becoming an associate member. Um, Honestly, though, yeah. uh, Brad, I think um, doing courses, mate, is uh, it's going to put you twelve months, thirteen months ahead of where you would be without it. Honestly, spot on, spot on. 
get it get as many as you can do different courses with different people yeah um, absolutely and, and look at their credentials as well there's lots of courses out there um but but look at where they stand what their credentials are and um and make sure it's it's worth paying a bit extra so i'm just going to leave it there that's fair enough um you know how long you've been teaching now kev uh, probably about five years here and then over at Darwin yeah. for a few years before that. Yeah. And then there's, there's, a long, there's guys a long time. all over I was trying to remember thing. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And there's there's guys out there that um, I'm going to mention, Keith Flutter, good mate of mine, and, and Journeyman yep. Smith, and yep. um, Bruce Barnett, uh, top bloke in WA, depending on where you are, of course. Uh, there's too many to mention, really. Adam Parker down in Melbourne and um, and Sean McIntyre, if you, if you really want... Um, I mean, I, I can tell you now, Sean's not going to be the cheapest course you ever do in your life, but wow. Uh, when you're talking <laughs> you, about, yeah, there's a difference between, what they say, difference between cheap and good value. Yeah, yeah exactly, get, right? You rarely get the exactly. two things together. Nah, he's a he's a good guy, Sean. So, um, Jackson, yeah, Jackson they, Rumble's another one out there. Oh, yeah, Jackson. Jackson and Adam and oh, Matt's, Matt's no longer. Oh, Matt teaches out there a bit now, but not often, so... Uh, Paul so, up in Brisbane, he's Paul, one of course. Paul right. Yeah, it's like a stack of guys that, um, you know, we can really put you forward to. Like, I get a fair few inquiries from all around Australia, and a lot of the time I'll just put them on to who I know is in that area, can run a course and just say, look, go and see this guy. You don't, you don't have to spend the headbands and combination that way. Yeah, look, um, I, I'm just starting out myself, but um, I've just had it, people – asking me about doing them up here so i'm just going to start dabbling i guess myself uh more more so to help people out as opposed to running full-time course like you guys do yeah yeah i run them i probably every well my wife's just going into retirement so now weekdays are my weekends and weekends are my work days so before <laughs> that i was doing two classes a month of up to two people normally at a stretch three with those good mates now, yep. now I've got the time with my wife during the week. I just book weekends and now my work time. So complete funny shift in sort of thinking too because I don't know what day it is after time. And it's strange to think, oh, well, it's Friday. I better get thinking about the working week now. <laughs> just, but Jay, Jay Cross has put out some super crisp advice. And, and if you want to join the Guild and get assessed, go back through our podcast episodes and find the one with Sean McIntyre. Um, yes. Go back to that one because he did a full presentation on what the knife needs to be, how to do it, and it was it's just the clearest understanding of what you need to do. Jay's advice here, make the knife super simple and super clean. And, and yes. that's really all there is to it. Don't try and do something real fancy because these guys can see through fancy and will only see the flaws. Simple, yeah. clean. All right? Correct. Yeah. Good knife. Big one too is um, the higher uh, finish you go, like, and I do a lot of out to twelve hundred finishes buffed. It's just scratch, scratch the central. Like, you better off just leaving it at, say six hundred grit as a yeah. flat finish. You know, the, the it, it looks, it looks good buffed, but you just got so many yeah. shit to look at. So um, yeah. this is knife making yeah. down under, and and uh, down under means south of the equator. Oh, and, um, <laughs> and here's a familiar hey, face. Hey. hey, you bastards. How you doing? 
<laughs> With this gold hand. Uh, doing real well, man. Doing real well. Having a guys a welcoming Henning Henning Wilkinson to the Wilkinson to the podcast. Yeah. Sorry to just for the people listening at home. Go for it, Henning. Hey guys, thanks for letting me waste your time <laughs> getting back into the chatter, but <laughs> we've um you've all seen what's going on in South Africa and I thought I'd just clear it up a bit because everybody thinks the country's burning, but it's it's not. It's just areas, but it's stopped now. So, at well, least we're used to the country. We're used to the country burning, but it's for different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yours, your fires aren't set. That's the thing. On this side, they they start them with tires. So, <laughs> yeah, luckily <laughs> that should stop now. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So yeah. Hey, mate. Good you you were very much a regular. Uh, on our little podcast, but then whatever reasons, obviously, uh, you know, the environment around that was going on, we we lost touch with you a little bit, but it's fantastic to see you back on here. Thanks, mate. Uh, I've just been missing the, the, the chats every now and then because um, my kids had to um, go to school every second day and they were split. So I was always on the road pretty much to get my kids to and from school. I would leave yeah. in the mornings at like, Seven, drop my son off. And then at 11, I got to drop my daughter off. And then at two, pick my son up. And then just after three, go and pick my daughter up. I wasn't really getting anything done. So whenever I had the time, I just worked. Um, I mean, it was just... For a, for a moment really... there, for a moment there, Henning, I could have sworn that you were fucking murdered. Fuck off, you ugly bastard. Jeez. <laughs> fucking hell. Next time I see you, I'm going to kick you in the nuts, you fucking dick, you bastard. Fucking hell. Mert. Danger. I, I thought this podcast went dry, but I see you fucking drunk as a skunk, Kev. <laughs> no dry here, mate. Oh, you dirty bastard. That's been a, that's a low blow, man. Fuck. Well, like, well, you know. Is there a referee in this fight? Can I get a minute just to no. recover? <laughs> no, mate, just grab the goalies and squish them. <laughs> if I can so, find um, them. Tell, tell you what, uh, Henning, would you be yeah, prepared mate. to do a presentation for the Australian Knife Makers Guild one, one, about this time one time? Do a presentation yeah, sure. on uh, one of your special knife making skills. Yeah, mate. Anything, whatever you guys need, let me know. We'll take we'll take um, that offline, mate. Because um, uh, fair income, your knives are beautiful. So I uh, thanks, mate. Yeah, I reckon there's uh, yeah. there's plenty to be learnt there. I'd gladly help you guys out. I mean, yeah. um, it's like Steve Schwartz always says: you you can't take all of this shit to the grave with you. Just share as much. And I I, I really try. I really try to share a lot of what I do with guys. Um, it's not always easy. But um, yeah, I'll definitely do that for you guys. Let, let me, we'll talk about it and see what we can come up with. No worries, man. Awesome. No worries. I think, Henning, I think Matt Snape was just referring to me saying that you reminded me of Mert. And he's just asked, is it the bald head or the grey top? Oh, geez. <laughs> it was actually in reference to you running around after the kids all the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. not, not, not for <laughs> Well, that's what he's doing tonight, isn't it? Yeah, he's looking after his kids. Uh, Danny, his wife, is not feeling well, so Mert's oh, taking Rainer. charge. Touch he'll, he'll look at this later on and just shake his head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. 
What's the time over there, Henning? Uh, it's uh, just after one. It's quarter past one at the moment. So In the afternoon? Yeah, yeah in the afternoon. Yeah. yeah. You won't catch me in the shop in the morning. In the morning? Not easily. <laughs> <laughs> I did that the last couple of weeks, but I, I tell you what, I'm, I'm slightly burnt at the moment. I'm going hunting next weekend and I can't wait. I'm just going to go into the bush and freaking sleep. Just find a tree what? and lie down. <laughs> I, nice. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so, so what are you what are you gonna hunt like South Africa? I'm thinking lions, tigers, and shit. What? <laughs> no, mate. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. no. We do that in our backyards. You remember? Oh yeah, right. We, no every now and then, we've got to head out the backyard and just go and clear the field so that the wife can put the washing up. And, uh, <laughs> and no. <laughs> now, what had happened is I um I hadn't hunted in like 26 years. And my son is of age now so that he could start hunting. And I took him hunting about, I don't know, about a month ago. And I tell you what, it's something that I really missed. So um, I'm just, we've sort of decided that we're going to stop doing commercial meat in our house. And I'll basically go hunting like once every second month to make sure that there's enough meat in the house. So it's just going to be a meat hunt. So a bit, um, of, bit of rhino, a bit of... What are we yeah, talking mate. about? Hippo? Uh, Hippo? No, I'll probably, I'll, I'll probably shoot a couple of Impala and uh, I might take a kudu with a bow if I, if I can get one. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Nothing, nothing fancy like that. I might, there's a, there's a nice sable, um, but it's, it's a little bit expensive. If I can come up with a buck, I might go and shoot that. But um, I'm not really a trophy guy, but yeah. I like putting them up on the wall after I've done it because it's it's sort of a memory. It's not just a... Yeah, no, fair it. enough. Fair yeah, enough. Yeah, the, kudu, the kudu and stuff are probably the equivalent of when we go deer hunting here. Um, no, mate, I've seen your deer. <laughs> That's why they call it <laughs> deer because it's, oh, deer, look at that little thing. Like, oh, oh. goodness. Okay, we... <laughs> yeah, I want to shoot something big in Australia. Yeah, let's go find you a cow, brother. Let's go find you a cow. We'll see if we yeah, a buffalo. buffalo. Yeah, what a buffalo. That's probably my. I think they imported them over from South Africa. Yeah, just don't let them import Cape buffalo because those things will they'll fucking end Australia. They, I don't know what <laughs> what it is with those things. They are they're like the devil of the bush. Every other animal. It, say again. I said to think the biggest game we've got here is camel. I think that's like the biggest thing you can you can hunt here. <laughs> yeah, actually it is. Yeah. Hey, do you guys actually go and hunt camel? Yeah, yeah you can hunt awesome. camel, yeah. Fucking hell, I can't believe that. <laughs> is there somebody riding the camel or is it just the camel? <laughs> <laughs> um, like, um, because the whole middle, the, the middle of Australia is all desert, like, it's it's pretty rough country. Very early yeah, yeah. on in the settlement of Australia, they brought camels over to the you know the ships of the desert to um, yeah, to yeah. transport supplies out to the missions and whatever else. And um, that those camels went wild, and and it's a real problem. Actually, one of our customers, one a knife maker down in South Australia, um, uh, from fucking from, what's his what's his name, Kev? He said he drives the GAN. Jesus, uh, Scott Scott Broad, Scott Broad. Broad. Scott Broad. 
Scott Broad tells me how much damage they do when the trains hit them. The camels get onto the train tracks and just follow the tracks, and then the trains come through and take them out. And he said they just cause no end of damage to the trains. And you don't think of a train getting damaged by an animal, but apparently it's a thing. Yeah, yeah but I mean, mate of mine hit a, a small kudu bull about three weeks ago, and it, it actually wrote his, his um, ute off totally. It's a, it's a write-off. And he was yeah. doing like 80 kilometers an hour. Took the roof wow. off, put the roof in the back. He, when he saw the thing was going to hit, he just went and lay down on the on the um, the passenger seat, and it literally took the roof off and put it on the back. My mate, uh, so, yeah, and they, we've interviewed him. We've interviewed him on this channel. My mate uh, Adam Coombe from Tinderbox Knives. Um, he he rode his motorbike off in a deer, and himself ran into a deer on a motorbike. So yeah, that'll but that'll he lived, you. but. Yeah, he was Jeez. he was messed up. Yeah, yeah. I think um, Jake yeah. Green goes over to South Africa hunting a bit, a fair bit too, doesn't he? I don't know. He was over here for that course with uh, with with the guys from uh, what were they called? Um, Queensland Metal Artisans or something? Yeah, Q yeah, But I don't know. Yeah. If, yeah, I don't know if he went hunting. Um, but it, I know that's quite a bit over here. So. Yeah, if he into yeah. hunting, it's it's pretty cool to come out here because. I mean, like the farm I'm going to, is, it's not even a hunting farm and they've got 19 species. So, Shit. yeah, it's just a cattle farm with a bunch of wild game that, that's just there as well. Um, so, at the end of the day, they just make up the price and you pay and you go on. But How big is the property? It's, there's, there's four properties together and I think it's, Probably about 150 hectares altogether. Um, not, but what I like, yeah, yeah, what, yeah. yeah, what I like about it is it's not a lot of small camps because what they do in South Africa is they've got some hunting farms where they'll they'll put in smaller camps so that the guys don't battle too much to find the game. Yeah. Um, I don't like hunting like that. I want them to be able to run away if they if they see me first. So yeah. Sort of, yeah, it's I mean, got to be a it's got to be a hunt, not a not a not carnage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's not a it's not a sh shooting fish in a barrel type deal. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so uh, yeah, if you um, if you guys ever want to come over, you're welcome. You all know. Um, I, I don't well, want to get shot and burnt and pillaged. <laughs> Except fucking Kevin, just for that for that mood. You'll sleep in, in the outhouse, bro. I'm not mm. allowed there, am I? <laughs> no. I'll put you in the shitter. You can sleep there. We had <laughs> yeah, it on the cards. In 2019, yeah. we were we were putting together a sketchy plan to come over and do a, like our Japan tour, but South Africa. But, yeah, the world's yeah. changed since then. So, yeah. Yeah, mate, it's, it's horrible. I mean, I don't even want to go there. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. No. We've got, um, so... Tell us about your latest build. You're doing a particularly nice dagger at the moment. How's that treating? Yeah, I was. It's going very. It's going a lot easier than the first one. Um, let me take it out here. It's, I'm actually sitting here engraving and carving while I'm listening to you guys. Um, what had happened was I built the knife, the first one for a, a client overseas and a good customer of mine. Um, Let's get the lighting there so you can see it. There we go. Um, he wanted it. 
And it's I sort of a bit higher. Oh, don't worry too sort much. Of... I'm going to put it up. I'm going to put yeah, it up no, on uh, your Instagram. Lower. Don't worry. Don't just. I'm going to put it on Instagram. Just wait. Just wait. Just stop. <laughs> that's what you want me to do. Just trying to cover your face. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, bloody hell! A good customer man asked if he could have it because he's got a similar one that I did a while ago. And I said to him, I'm sorry, but it's sold. And he wasn't very happy about it. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to make him an offer. I said to him, I'll build you one that's similar that'll suit the one that you've got better. And um, he um, he accepted it. So decided I'm, I'm going to do that for him. I think you've gone too far there. <laughs> would would, would you yeah. pay $10 on your OnlyFans to watch naked videos? What? No, yeah, I got a cut there. That was disgusting, Henning. I don't want to see that. Yeah, I wouldn't pay for that. For those and people who got a... the podcast on audio only, count yourselves lucky. So that's an <laughs> integral. That's a. Am I looking at a single piece of steel there, right? Yeah, mate. It's it's a fully integral. integral. It's just uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's welded together, but yeah, it's one. It's a solid piece now. No, no, welded together is fine. That's still integral. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. That um. That front of that guard nearly gave me a heart attack, but I finally figured out how to do that. So um, yeah. from now on, You're it should be easier. For sure. Thanks, mate. I'm going to take that as a compliment because <laughs> one of the other guys hey. said, um, have you gone mad? And I said, that would imply that I was sane at some point. And, uh, but did you notice on that got... last screenshot, it said, liked by Kev's Forge and 403 others? Yeah. Yeah, I see that you yeah. like my work. I have a look you at yours as well, but me. you still haven't blocked me yet. <laughs> <laughs> I might just after this for that fucking no. just murk. <laughs> but luckily, I'll, you've explained it, so I'll I'll let it sit. I'll let it sit, and then I'll fucking decide what's going to happen. <laughs> so, what yeah. what are you carving with 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 that carving? So, um, yeah. are you is that being done with like a hand engraver or? What are you doing? I'll put it back up on the screen. Yeah, I've got a um, I've got a, a GRS Graver Mac that I use yep. for for most of the outlines, and then um, I've I've figured out I didn't figure it out myself. I I, I was sent a, a video clip that showed that the guys were actually using instead of removing material, they were pushing the material around. So they. They used small little pins. Um, let me see if I can find it, and then I can show you guys. Um, I'll put you back you, on you, just a minute. Yeah. Um, you've got these little like hammer pins, and I mean this thing is small. It's like about I'd say about a millimeter on the front, and you use your your air graver to hammer that steel and to move it in different directions. And ah, right. you sort of, yeah, it's not just carving, but then the big work is more cleaning it up after you've done it. Um, yeah. yeah, right. So it's you've... not a rotary tool, though? No, no. I, what I do use, I use rotary tools for the polishing. Um, yes. I don't know if um, the normal Fordhams work well, but then I use these little rubber wheels. Um, they're used by jewelers. You can get them at any jewelry supply. Ah, uh, there's the camera. And um, you get a bunch of different grits in those. 
Um, yeah. And once you've learned how to use them, because you can literally take them and shape them on a file. If you want like a knife shaped one or you want a round one, you just shape it to whatever you want. And it just polishes brilliantly. I use those all the time. Um, yeah. You get those in, let me show you if I can find them. I actually cleaned up my shop, believe it or not. My wife walked in here and said, shit, he's gone and done it. And I was like, what have I done? She said, screwed up the weather again. <laughs> and believe it or not, the day after we got a cold snap. So it's like, okay, <laughs> I don't know. It was me. You get them in these, in, in round as well. So that's a, oh, yeah, you get okay. them in a six and an eight more round. Yeah. And um, tell you what, once you've figured out how to use them, if you're soldering on guards or cleaning up stuff like that, it's just brilliant with it. It's really, really good. Oh, I'm actually working on. I'm actually working on some stuff for Patreon, where I'm I'm going to do a video on finishing, from basically grinding to hand sanding to uh, polishing, carving, uh, cleaning up, fire, solder work, all the little nitty-gritty things that that's that takes up days of your time um i'm a i'm a really really lazy bastard so if you want to know the quickest way to do something ask me i've probably figured it out because I, <laughs> I don't like going a long way around <laughs> so I'll, I'll figure it out oh well, good on you man good on you i'm just yeah. looking at your uh looking at your instagram here and there's a whole bunch of keyholes you're doing a bit of um, production work, mate. Oh, that sort of happened by accident. Um, <laughs> oh, right. Fair enough. <laughs> happens to yeah, myself. <laughs> I wanted well, to make myself I one. <laughs> I made myself okay, one and then... Uh, yeah, I made... I think I made eight of those in one go and all in like two separate stints, but... I said to my wife after I finished them, I'm not going to do that ever again. I don't think so because I was just so over doing footwork that I didn't really want to do it again. But that's actually yep. a knife my son did. It's his first knife or his second yes. knife. Yeah. And that came out really sweet. My brother bought that and he's really happy with it. Um, he carries that thing around every day. I was really proud of the little bastard. <laughs> so, uh, as you would be. Nice. As you would yeah. be. That's insane. Yeah, how he's old, actually busy with his second one. How old? Uh, he just turned 12. Just turned 12. Wow, Fuck shit. off, he did it by himself. Come yeah, on. mate, he did. Yeah. I helped him I helped him with the grind and I'm I helped him now. to um to uh solder the bolsters on. That's it. The rest he did himself. All the shaping, nice. all the rest of it. Look, it's not perfect. If you look at it from other angles, you'll see that there's stuff wrong with it, but I'm not going to... That's one thing that you guys mentioned earlier about the guild um, giving feedback to the guys. Um, in my world, there's no no banzing around. If you screw up, I'm going to tell you, dude, sorry, but this is bullshit. This is not what it's supposed to look like. And even if it's your first knife, I'll do that. And um, guys don't really like that about me, but that's the way it is. And if you look at that knife that he's done, he came to me like every six minutes or every 10 minutes and said, dad, what about this? And I'm like, no, that's not right. Fix it. That's what it should be. Um, and then he would go back to the grinder and go and try and fix it. And then um, 
And my dad literally showed us how to do stuff by just letting us do it. Um, yeah. I remember my mom told me the story when I was on a on a like a 25 liter drum standing in front of the lathe with a piece of wood in the lathe and I could barely see what I was doing. And my mom walked into the garage or the workshop and went, what are you doing with him? And she and my dad's comment was, oh, he'll lose a finger. He won't die. Just leave him. He's going to learn a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're very, I'm very yeah, thankful for that. School. Yeah, and I mean, I'd, I'd do the same with my son. Um, I'll just let him play with the tools and do whatever he wants. Yeah, um, no, it's good if they're interested, that's for sure. My oldest boy was. He's now he's now doing um, uh, uh, fabrication, well, stainless steel welding, non-ferrous welding, yeah. and yeah. finishing. But anyway, Tony. Yeah. So how did Tony? We we haven't spoken too much about you and and your background in knife making. How you got into it? We we let's Henning. You help us interview Tony about um, his journey in knife making. Where'd you start? Yeah, Bert. How did it all happen for you? <laughs> um, so <laughs> I was in the army for almost 24 years uh, as a fitter of armor. Um, so yeah, yeah, fixed guns most of my army career, and spent a lot of time in the infantry battalions and stuff like that. And uh, always had a love for knives, I suppose. Um, funnily enough, and I'll get onto this later, but uh, after my my dad passed away a few years ago, um. We found a knife in one of his toolboxes out in his shed, and uh, I said to my mum, "Where did this come from?" They could tell it was handmade. You know, it was, it was quite rough, but um, you know, anyway, found it in his toolbox. And he, uh, my mum said, "Oh, your grandfather was a blacksmith striker in the railway." I was like, <laughs> "No one, no one mentioned telling me that while he was still alive." You know, like, "Fuck, oh, come on!" But um, yeah, so back to me. Twenty-four years in the army. Um, I was several. Deployments overseas, um, medically discharged, uh, PTSD. So, um, yeah, medically discharged. And uh, just before I got out, they said to me, oh, you can go and do a course. And uh, I said, um, what type of course? And they said, well, anything you want. I said, all oh, right, let me, let me have a look. So I had a look around and uh, I found some courses in Canberra for knife making at Thawa. And I went back to the Army and I said, oh, I want to do a knife making course. And the lady that was uh, organising the course, and she goes, you're kidding, eh? You reckon you're going to do a knife making course for PTSD? I said, well, I can go and buy a fucking Stanley knife from Bunnings and I can kill someone just as quick with that as a, a handmade knife. So, And uh, she sort of took a step back and went, well, you know, that's just how ridiculous it is that, you know, you made that comment. And um, I said, look, just put it to the army. And she put it to the army and, they said, yep, no worries. And, yeah, a week later, I was uh, spending a week down with Karim. I made, I think, five knives all up uh, over the week, forged plus just stock removal. And, uh, yeah, I was discharged in October 16. And I suppose the rest is history. Like, yeah, I passed the guild assessments and uh, worked my way out from there, I suppose. Yeah, it's funny, Tony, because yeah. I do some courses here at my place. Because I used to teach at um, Thawa, now I do it here, and I do one-on-ones and two people normally. And I've had quite a few guys come through with PTSD, 
um, from service and stuff as well. And it's it's one of those things that you just get into and you can really absorb yourself into. Yeah. Just learn and just love it. And it's creating with your hands again. But they've all said the similar sort of thing is you go and serve your country in a military sense. And then when you come back, you got something like PTSD and they wrap you in cotton wool or you can't make knives. Yeah, like, well, hang on a second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In active service. <laughs> Uh, it's exactly why I was yeah, shaking like, my head. I mean, yeah. the guy's been taught to kill people by the country that he's, I mean, by, by the military. Yeah. He doesn't need to go and make a knife to do it. I'm pretty sure he could do it with a screwdriver if he needs to or with his bare hands. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's just nuts. And, and they, you know, they, as you said, Kev, they sort of treat you like a baby. And, you know, I guess in a way, I, I see knife making for me personally as a... Um, a, a way to take my mind off the shit that's going on in my head. Like, so yeah. I know I've got to concentrate. Yeah. I know that if, if I'm not concentrating, then you fuck up and you fuck up real bad and you fuck up fast, you know, like, excuse my language, but, yeah. you know, shit goes wrong real fast in knife making, I suppose. And, and if you haven't got your shit together and you're not concentrating, then you take that day off, you don't do anything that day. Um, and, yeah, you, you know, you move on the next day and you, you crack onto it, you know, so that's, that's the way I yeah. sort of approach knife making now. And, and, oh, and oh, so sort of... just, you know, you get you get to that stage where, like I said, you've come back from that service, you're not not really sure where your support lines are, and then you enter something like a knife making community. And yes, I had a lot of assholes. I mean, my point fingers directly at <laughs> you get contacts with another community of people yeah. that are all focused on the same sort of thing as well and most of them willing to help out and it just grows and grows and grows i mean and look at you now you're running fucking hammerings and you know like I, I did my course with karim um i think i was probably one of his guinea pigs i suppose for the uh defense I think so, the five days yeah, and now he sort of runs a lot of the courses and he's got, you know, gets funding through DVA and stuff like that. So, you know, it's good that he, you know, he's getting something out of it as well. And, um, you know, I, I probably do a course with Kareem at least. I'll try to do one now at least sort of once every every year. I'll go down to, the, you know, knife shows and that. And, you know, I think I've got a lifelong friend in him. And, um, you know, all his crew down there are awesome, you know, really good guys that want to help out. So... Yeah, just gotta get you to fucking come past my place next time you're down. I'm only fifteen minutes away. Mate, I'll keep trying, you know. Half the time I'm hung over, I think. Well, you know. Yeah, you <laughs> literally drive past from from yeah, the airport yeah. to Korea. I know where you're coming from, don't literally worry. Drive past. <laughs> yeah. Oh see, I say when I go to, when I go down there, I, I stay with my best mate who lives out of Yas. So oh, I right, always yeah. straight out to Yas and come in. Oh, don't you, oh, you you're not missing much, mate. Don't around. worry. You're really not missing much. Come on, yes. mate. I'd put chocolates. I'd put a chocolate on his pillow. It's good because <laughs> I, I get a shirt when I go down there. <laughs> yeah, mate. Careful of that chocolate, mate. Really careful oh, yeah, of that chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's either going to give you the shit or it's going to be shit. But <laughs> yeah, oh, I don't trust that bastard as far as I can throw him, and he's fucking big. You can't throw him anyway. <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you mean I can pick you up and throw you? I'll try and hit yeah, probably. You, I promise. 
but look, yeah, there's another like... thing about Tony as well. It's not common knowledge, but he's putting in a fair bit of time um, helping out with the social media for the Guild as well, which I used to do, but kind of burned out. And Tony's, um, Tony's stepped up and done a fair bit. So just um, thanks heaps, Tony, for everything you're doing. It's appreciated and probably not, not knowing really widely what you're doing. And um, uh, yeah, no, no, but idea. definitely should be and definitely appreciated. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So now, I think Jamie's just hit on something there that um, thank you for your service. And I feel that as a South African, I mean, we haven't been in a war in I don't know how many years. Anyway, not a war that was like world impacting um, anyway. But I always feel that the guys that do go and fight these wars, even though it's not theirs, they're doing it for us as well. And the South Africans, they, they, they're blind to it. They don't see it. So thanks, mate. Appreciate it. We went and did a lot. So, um, yeah. I had a bunch of guys phone me from America a while ago, and they wanted me to do um, to host courses for them as well. And they are a bunch of, um, of uh, rangers that used to serve together, and they also, basically all of them, pretty much in the same boat as you are. And... Uh, we couldn't do it because of COVID, but I set it up that they could go to this to a couple of one of my mates in the States that was also in the Ranger Corps. And um, the one guy came back to me and he said, you know what, I've done everything I've, I possibly could to get rid of this, this um, PTSD that I live with. And he says, he's done courses in pretty much anything. He says, but knife making, for some reason, just works for him and he's found that all of his mates that went with him does exactly the same thing for them. He says they've yeah. all come together and they've bought machines and like bulk buys and set themselves up and they're there's all guy, like full-time knife makers at the moment. So that's there's a guy down. Think... There's a guy down on the South Coast we've had on the show before by the name of uh, Dean Hamilton. Runs an organisation called Forged Through, um, especially for PTSD uh, nothing against Karim, but it's just another option. Um, and um, uh, Dean's a really good bloke, and he does some cross-services stuff as well. So uh, he'll normally have a um, uh, pretty good mix of people through there. Uh, he's got a pretty nice forge too. Went down there um, Went down there at the beginning of the year. Was it this year? I don't know. When I wasn't locked down and um, yeah. went bass fishing with him. It was great fun. But... But yeah, great guy, Dean. So another another option if you're out there and you're feeling you're feeling that um, you need a bit of help or, or, or whatever, and you've got the opportunity to, to get into knife making, um, there's a couple of options for you straight up. And and I reckon you you suggest it be a good idea, Tony. Oh, absolutely, mate. You know, as I yeah. said, it's something to sort of take your mind away from the shit that's going on in your head. And uh, as I said, you know, like you know, there's no pressure with it. I, I sort of. I don't do it every day, as you know, so just sort of if I'm having a shit day or whatever, I, I won't do it because I know it's it's dangerous and, um, you know, and then right. the next day I'm, I'm sort of back into it, you know, like, and it's good. So, yeah, yeah. and, and uh, I think uh, you, I've told you my story, Corin, about uh, I was hung over one day because I was having a shit night. I'd go on the piss and uh, I used my paper wheels, held the knife up the wrong way and fucking next thing you know, it's through my legs. So, you know. <laughs> That, that's and what I was I, telling I, you before I, with my grinder, Tony, that I've got buff on one side, sharpen on the other. Well, I've actually written on my grinder now. I've, I've written on yeah. mine now, edge down, dickhead, and I've written yeah. that on my, on my grinder. <laughs> <laughs> I, run my, I run mine 
heads up, but with the grinder running away from the wheel running yeah. away from me. And I'll do it yeah, at about yeah. 11 o'clock that way. But um, no, it's a fantastic thing. Like, I've been humbled. Um, like, Dean did the Dean Hamilton did the course with me at Thawa. Um, you know, and I've had a lot of feedback and connected with Dean quite well. And we're, we're bloody top mates now. I was actually meant to go down to his place for a bit of bass fishing and stuff a couple of weeks ago, but we had to call it off for some personal reasons there. So, um, you know, there'll be an, there'll be other times, <clears throat> other times to get down there. But I've been really humbled by some of the feedback because when when the the vets come to me or the guys with PTSD, they're just guys to come here. I don't. They're not like I said. Don't wrap them in any fucking thing. Don't put them in any category. But you just talk to them and just go, okay, do you have any triggers? Obviously, because we're going to work with loud noises, sparks, and all that sort of shit. And, and just let me know. Be honest. And if you need time out, we'll have time out. But um, I've been really humbled. Like, I've had some guys come through and, you know, three, six months later, just had some really, really touching messages from these guys about how much of a cha- profound change you make in what they're doing. And they're doing the same thing. They've, they've bought a grinder. They're doing this stuff. And they've found some focus where, you know, I think it was Jamie was saying the world, he on one of his comments there, the worldwide knife making community is the best group um, he's ever been associated with. And it's pretty fucking much like that. There's a very small percentage of knife makers that aren't willing to help other knife makers. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it's like no conditions, no strings attached. It's just fucking, yeah, let's go for it. Oh, look, yeah. mate, I think I think the worst thing you can do is, is uh, wrap anyone up in cotton wool. Uh, yeah. I don't care who they are. Um, I, I guess as long as you prepare the person for what they're going to do, I suppose, you know, like prepare them Correct. for yeah. you know, so that. So they know what's coming. And, uh, and you know, then there's no shocks, I suppose. Like, and, you know, guys with PTSD, then they sort of prep themselves for it and they, they're ready, I suppose. And then you'll find there's there's, there's not any out of the ordinary things, I, I suppose, happen, I suppose, because they know it's coming. Yep. So they prep themselves for it and, and you know, they're just like anyone else, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I found that ex-military guys are probably, they're probably the... <laughs> That's why I get along well with you, fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I, was about, I was about to say that most of the, my best friends are ex-military guys because I like taking the piss. And I think you guys do did that on a daily basis, like every second. So where people want to wrap you up in cotton wool, you, you guys are actually the guys that aren't so touchy feely. You're not, I mean, you can literally rip the guy a new one and he'll laugh at you and he'll be like, okay, that's oh, really man, I don't know, how, I don't know how many mama jokes I know. Fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> If you do go bass fishing with Dean, you've got to beat my bass. Fucking hell, what's that? Is that a, oh, a gun? Oh, you said the bar high there. <laughs> Yo. I was going to say. Yeah. No, but Gabe, you've got to catch a smaller one to beat him. Dude. You've, you've got to catch a smaller one to beat him. So you've, you've got yeah, to yeah, yeah, your work cut out Hey, Corin, when you hooked that one and, and you, you set the hook, did you hear a popping sound? I, t- I just didn't even realise it was a fish until it came in. I went, oh, my lure's bigger. Oh, oh it's fish. <laughs> Next time, just listen quite carefully because that popping sound is you 
pulling it off its mom's tit. It's going, oh, yeah, right. Good idea. Probably a little a bastard little, as well. It was a cute little sucker, though. He's all right. She yeah, was yeah, a yeah. <laughs> I hope you give it a kiss. Down to the, and then throw it no. back in the water. Yes. <laughs> he had a rough day, that little fella. Man, Corin, he did more than just give it a kiss, mate. <laughs> Mick Webb. Mick Webb says, put your arms closer to the camera when they're little ones. Yeah, Mick, my, arms was, my arms were out as far as they go. <laughs> you need to stand up in front of the G.I. Joe that's got a beard. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh shit! Oh, yeah. oh good, it's good. That well, boys, close. what are we doing, Kev? We're gonna. You wanted to go for an hour. Uh, do oh, you want to keep it running? Or? No, well, probably a good time. To give it a bit of a call it quits. Unless anyone has any questions they want to ask, especially we've got yeah. Tony and Henning. Let's uh, take some questions from the crowd. Mert, number two, Mert Mark two. Any you want to ask these guys while we're there, still here, chuck it up now in the comments and uh, Corin and I will have a look through. And Funny accent, grey jumper, bald head. Yep. We actually had a request from one of our listeners who's over in Texas. We, we reached, our reach is that far. I don't know how oh, it wow. came across us. I don't know how he came across us, but must be doing a porn search and then just happened to come across. <laughs> well, he um, probably typed in Kevin Sluttree and then he yeah, Sluttree. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. But uh, we'll leave we'll leave it for when Mert's back on. But he asked us to you know do imitations of American accents, so we'll we'll leave that one for another episode. So that that could yeah, be quite he... funny. With I want to hear Mert. Do a full-on American accent. Yeah, Georgia. <laughs> well, he lived yeah. there for a long time, so. Well, I've always, I always phone up, I always phone up Jason Knight and I do this one. <laughs> Hi. How you, mate? How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I gave him a call one day and he was busy live on YouTube. And he put me on the video, and he was like, hey, "This is my mate from South Africa." And everybody was like, "What kind of hillbilly is that?" Boys, I was going to go catch up. We've all got to get we'll hillbilly teeth and start ringing Jason night out of the blue. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I think what we'll have, I'll ask him. We can get him on the podcast. He's pretty funny. Yeah, he's a pretty funny dude. So um, we've got two questions. Um, what they're both relating to your engraving. So what gear are you using and how did you get started and what gear are you using now? So you did say you're using a GRS, but just go through it. Yeah, let us know. You got a microscope, what do you got? Yeah, okay. So what I've got is I didn't spend as much money on a microscope. Um I feel that a good Chinese model will probably do the do the trick. Um you can you can still work very, very fine with it. Um then I've got a a GRS Graver Mac or Mach, I don't know how you pronounce it. And then, um, as far as um, hand pieces, I've got I've got the Monarch, the 905, and the Magnum. But if you've got the money to buy a system, have a look at the 
905. The 905 handpiece will pretty much do whatever you want. And um, spend, a, spend good money on sharpening gear um, because it's, it's tough to... Everybody always buys the handpiece and the machine and then they don't... They think, oh, I'll sharpen it by hand. You're not going to be able to. You're not going to get what you need um, because sometimes you literally have to change the angle by one or two degrees to get the thing to cut right. Um, what else is there that's engraving wise um, that's pretty much it I don't really um, I haven't really spent a lot of time engraving um, I actually only started I think about two years ago I started doing gold inlay work but I had the machine for years and then uh, how did I get started well that's a pretty well what happened was I was working as a gunsmith apprentice and we had this one client that was the guy with the money. He would always come in there with the best toys. And uh, he came in with a, an Emerson Commander. And I wanted that knife so bad. And back in those days, uh, they were about 3,000 Rand. And I was working for 1,600 Rand. And my, my fuel to get to work was about 1,800 bucks. So I couldn't afford it. And uh, my dad always said, if you can't afford it, to buy something and you really want it, then make it. And I started putting out feelers and finding steel. And, and then uh, someone gave me the number to Coral Smith, who is probably one of the best Damascus makers in South Africa. He wrote a book on Damascus making. Um, and uh, I started visiting with him and he gave me a, an invite to the South African Guild Show, Knife Makers Guild Show. And I went there and I bought all the gear that I needed. And I came home and I made my first folder. And that was also the last time I ever worked with stainless because the weekend after that, Coral invited me to come and forge a blade. I forged the blade. And then the weekend after that, he invited me to come and make some Damascus with him. And that was me. That was me done. I, um, I literally spent like a year and a half getting money together and getting parts together to, to build a press and get an anvil and build a grinder. And I just, that was it. I just started making knives. And I haven't looked back. It's just always been busy with knife making somehow. And I think, um, um, sorry, Corin, if I could jump in. Go for it. I think go for it. One of the one of the biggest things for the newer guys is, um, and I, I sort of picked this up on the weekend with the hammering, was that everyone thinks they've got to have everything to start off with, you know, like they've, they've got to have an anvil, they've got to have a forge, they've got to have a grinder, you know, like, and I, I guess we sort of took it back to basics on the weekend at the hammering and just sort of said, you know, you can do this shit with files and a, and a, and a fire out the back, really, you know, if you, if you really want to push it, you know, and everyone was just so shocked, I guess, that they could do shit without having you know, all the biggest and flashiest machinery, you know, like, so it was good that we were, no, exactly. It was good that we were able to yeah. take it back to that level, you know. I always I mean, tell yeah. the guys that because they'll walk into my shop and they'll go, wow, you got like two milling machines and a pantograph and you got this and you got that. I'll never be able to afford it. And I'm like, dude, this is, this is 20, 20 plus years of collecting tools. Um, yeah. You don't need that. You need a drill press and file and time that's all you need and you can make them up so to keep that to keep that real um 
I'm just going to add this to the stream. This is a, a Roman multi-tool, right? This is made without any, had a spoon, had a blade which is rusted out. This is obviously a relic that they found. Um, but it's a, it's, a, it's a multiple blade knife tool Brilliant. made by Romans. Do you think they had a grinder? Do you think yeah. they had all that gear? They didn't have all that gear. If they could make that in those days, you can do better with access to just Bunnings and, and buying some shit, some basic shit on the internet. I mean, absolutely. you know, just absolutely. you either make knives or you make excuses. Which one are you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, yeah. I, I, I spoke to the guys about when I went to Nepal last year. Um, and, you know, I was doing the course making cookeries over there, the gherkin knives. And it was all done on the ground, just, uh, you know, over a piece yeah. of, I don't know, mild steel or whatever. And the, the fire was literally on the on the ground and he had a, a hairdryer, his missus hairdryer blown in the side of it. And this guy makes the gherkin knives for the, the actual Nepalese army, you know, so. It's, it's how, many, how many blacksmiths did we see in Japan, Kev, that were working on a block of, just a small block of steel sitting on the ground? Oh, absolutely, yeah. The hole in the ground and a block of steel. And the hole was yeah, to stand didn't... in. So you didn't the even need a stump. Yeah, yeah. They didn't even use a stump. No, seriously. They work. The they either sit standing. on the edge of the hole or Brilliant. stand in the hole and, and put the anvil on the ground. And they don't yeah, even need foot, a stump. Two foot deep so their legs hang in there and then everything yeah. is at ground level. It was unreal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so, yeah, no it's wonder so they've ridiculous. got those weird eyes. It's because they look... <laughs> everything different. Oh, okay. Fuck me, yeah. mate. I'm gonna think about this. I'm gonna figure this shit out oh. in a different way. So I'm not gonna use a pedestal. I'm gonna dig a fucking hole, mate. That's why they. It's just a different That's way a, of looking at it. It's just a different way of looking at it, mate. And it's yeah, and it's brilliant. it's really that simple. You sometimes need to be a bit creative when you don't have the right tool for the job, but you can do a lot with a little, a hell of a lot with a little. A file is an well, incredible tool. I always use um, the Viking swords as sort of when I get really fed up of a job and I'm like, this thing's just fighting me. I look at their swords and I think to myself, yeah, okay, everybody's always going on about a samurai sword and what an awesome thing it is. But in my mind, uh, the Vikings had a far better understanding of what they were doing. And if you look at the pattern welding that they were doing back then, and I'm trying to forge a stupid little piece of Damascus and it, it doesn't look the way I, I like it to you, I always think to myself, well, these guys used cow urine as flux. They used, I mean, where did they get an anvil from? Was it was it a rock? What did they use? I mean... They didn't go to bunnies, you, that's for sure. Like, you know, <laughs> so, I mean, if you look at what they did, it's, it's far more to me than what anybody else's or the older work I mean, that Roman piece that you just showed is brilliant. It just goes to show that we humans, we were made in a way that we could literally make anything that we put our minds to. And uh, that's the thing. If you if you really want to make a knife, get off your ass, man. Get out in the shop and, and take your wife's old spoons and flatten them on whatever and, and start making. Just start doing something and it'll you'll very soon see that it's not as hard as it looks. Here's another classic one. It's uh, um, uh, they're forging swords, but they're just a little stump post anvil, hammered into like a yeah. bit of wood or something. Yeah. Just simple, simple stuff to get started. 
Yeah. I'll tell you something that makes me laugh, though, as you watch, like, Forge Your Fire, for example, and yeah. uh, a lot of the Yanks, they've got, like, a... They're only using a bit of rail for an anvil, but they've got a power hammer. It's like, they must be cheap over yeah. there or something, like, you know? <laughs> yeah, they are. I mean, uh, David Leash posted a thing the other day. It was a forge, um, an anvil, and a hammer for $4,000. And I was like, what the hell? Just freaking knock me over with a feather. Yeah, you either, we've got this running joke in South Africa, if you want a power hammer, uh, you've got one of three options. You either build one, you import one, or you wait for somebody that's got one to die. So <laughs> I, I got my first hammer the, the third way. So um, yeah, it's, <laughs> over there, it's like they're everywhere. I mean, they're everywhere. $3,500 for a nice little giant. That's brilliant. I wouldn't mind paying that. And you yeah. get an anvil and a, a forge extra. And they're a fun yeah, you don't... hammer too, those mechanical hammers. They're quite fun to use. Oh, they're yeah. fantastic. Yeah. But once again, I did my first Damascus bullets on the anvil with a hammer. Um, oh, geez, there's Dino, a hand sucker. That dude <laughs> ate his whole fucking family. I don't know how you get that big. I don't know how he got that big. He's like, that enormous bed of his. Sorry, no, Dino, you're all right. You the other day, he said, I've got this is my best friends. And I was like, Fuck, are the last two left? You've eaten all the rest of them, you big bastard. Oh. <laughs> so, on that note, um, yeah. Aren't you glad you let me on here, Corin? Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Hey, do you know the funny thing? Do you know the funny thing, Henning, letting you on? Yeah. You have more stable internet than what Mert does. Mert does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You guys let me on here with really bad internet. I don't know if you remember. I had to go and sit outside well, we the first couple of times. We saw you missing. And then... <laughs> hey, watch it. <laughs> yeah, bastard. Anyway, so I went and, and got proper internet because I was hoping that you guys would let me on here more often. And then I would like send messages to Corin like a little puppy dog. Dude, would you let me on here? And, <laughs> and now I've, I've probably gone and fucked that as well. I'm never going to get back on here because I can be a huge bastard that eats his mates. ハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハ
Well, I'll tell you, yeah, I've definitely. lost fucking 15, 20 kilo. I'm coming down to me last hole, Connie. Where are you? Where are you, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been, off, I've been off the alcohol and I've lost heaps since I did that. Lost heaps. I've been on the alcohol and I haven't. <laughs> yeah, I, I've heard of guys that have lost their whole fucking house because of alcohol. <laughs> that's a lot of weight loss that's a lot yeah. like <laughs> wife and kids and house all in one go just because of a bit of booze yeah, you believe it yeah. Bit, yeah. I was Why probably close guy? to that to be honest but anyway alright yeah. sorry I just want to answer Mick there he's asked if I use yeah. my knife to dress animals and yeah mate I do here it is I'm... this one so I'm um, I'm contemplating having my son engrave arsehole on you so that I can't sell it. Do you know? Really right, hang on. Do you know what we do in Australia? There's a bit of a tradition in Australia. Yeah. This this is uh, a real thing. We get a dick engraved on it. Yeah. <laughs> Darwin. Da doesn't. Dick nah. and balls. Darwin. The no dick and balls. Just get a dick and balls on there. And, 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 mate, there must be, I don't know how many thousand knives running around with dicks and balls on them now. <laughs> the thing I'm telling just you. Just might do that. Just might do that. Do, do I, I do it in gold or how do I do it? I probably got one in the cupboard. I can go and find. So, I probably do no, that. that. That's a long story. But anyway, that's a thing. Courtesy of yeah, Darwin for her and his laser engraver. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, guys. Let's, uh, let's wrap it up. Folks, yeah, blah, blah, blah. We're, uh, for the silence here, we're just having a read of a yeah, long one on the yeah. screen. Yeah. That's that's, that's Jake that helped me out with uh, with the hammering. Oh, right, yeah, cool. And Jamie Bishop says he has a cock and balls on his Leatherman. Yeah, no doubt. That fucking two, Leatherman's posts a up, two, two, two posts up, he said, I am still a fat fuck. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, look, let's wrap it up, guys. Thanks everyone All for right, joining us. And Tony, uh, and ladies, Tony, thanks boys for coming girls. on. And like I said, we appreciate your work. Appreciate you putting that hammering together. I'm sure the other 30 people plus 15 uh tacked on uh very keen to get back to your place. Henning, good to see you, mate. It's been too long. Really has safe yeah, and, mate, it has. Safe yeah. and well. Yes, thanks, guys. Yeah. thanks a lot for letting me back on you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, no worries. Worry, normally, normally I finish the pop, podcast, go to Facebook and go, oh, and he was trying to get on. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty and much every fucking time. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, we got guys, this tonight because I was flicking around. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, next time, let's do that demo that you guys were talking about and let's Get this, yeah, yeah, get God, this we'll game out to everybody. Stuff. Yeah, let's Absolutely. see if we can get something nice done. <laughs> Very good. Right, everyone. Isn't it my birthday? Um, always you. a pleasure to have your company for the podcast. Uh, we'll probably probably look at start getting back to them in a weekly um, scenario, and if we, yeah, we'll sort of gauge it for about an hour's worth and if we're still talking shit and you guys are having fun then we'll keep talking shit otherwise we'll sort of do an hour <laughs> and leave it at that but um, more frequently we're getting a lot of messages from people keep them coming in too I always appreciate your feedback even if it's shit um, <laughs> we're going to be a lot more anyway <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, guys. Cheers. Thanks, man. Keep well. Cheers, Good night. Cheers, bye.